Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience and leadership is not simply a good idea, it's required. I'm J.R. Briggs, founder of Kairos Partnerships and your podcast host. Well, in leadership, we talk about why we do things. We talk about who we serve. We talk about what we do. We talk about how we do them with intention and excellence. But rarely, if ever, do we talk about when we do the things we do in leadership. As a leader, I've grown more and more convinced that not all hours of the day are created equal. And I've shared on this topic on the podcast before what I'm about to share. But in the past few weeks, I have found myself sharing this with several different leaders in coaching sessions. Because it's come up with such frequency, I thought it was worthwhile to take it off the shelf, dust it off, and share it again because it is so valuable. Now, I'm a big fan of anything written by author Daniel Pink. Dan Pink, fantastic writer. I recommend all of his stuff to you. I've always had the general sense that timing is crucial when we do things matters, but I've never known why until a handful of years ago when I read Dan Pink's book, When, The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. Now, if you aren't familiar with his work, like I said, pick up many of, any of his books. They're fascinating, and he's a very engaging writer. Now, the premise of his book, When, is this. When we do things matters more than we think. Why do regularly scheduled breaks significantly increase student scores on tests? Why should we avoid going to the hospital in the afternoon? Why do prison boards grant parole for more inmates in the morning than they do in the afternoon? Well, science proves that we function rhythmically in our 24-hour cycles, these circadian rhythms. What we do is important, but when we do it is crucial. By knowing ourselves and knowing others, we can maximize our days by aligning our schedules with that circadian rhythm that we have, that natural inner process that regulates our cycles of sleep and being awake. As I was reading this, it reminded me of something that pastor and author Rick Warren uh, said. He told a room full of leaders that they should focus more on energy management than time management. We often use the clock as the marker of our days. However, since all leaders have limitations and everyone needs replenishment, then focusing our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual energy levels seems really wise, right? Now, we are prone to forget just how intimately integrated our bodies and our souls actually are, how we work, when we interact with others, what gives us life, joy, and energy, and even how we refuel has implications that go well beyond the physical realm. So how we lead influences our levels of peace, our ability to be fully present with others, and our expressions of joy and kindness and patience. Now, each of our bodies is different, of course. Some of us, some of us are more monkish introverts, while others are flaming extroverts. Some are early birds, some are night owls, as well as those who live in the middle what Daniel Pink calls, quote, other birds. <laughs> now, some are slow processors. Other are quick, others are quick on their feet. Some do their best work in isolation, while others are best when collaborating with others. So leaders don't have to fall into the comparison trap by constantly checking how they're performing against other leaders. Since we're all different, we shouldn't be tempted to believe that we must accomplish the same quality and quantity of everyone else around us, or to accomplish it in the same way or even at the same time. Now, because of our unique wiring, it's important for us to spend time in thoughtful reflection. And I want to ask you these questions that have been prompted by Dan Pink's work. 
Ask yourself, when do you feel most alive, most energized, most fully present and wildly creative? What time of the day? What time of the week? When in your day or week do you feel most depleted and exhausted? Can you name it? Do you notice it? And when, where, and with whom do you refuel after your spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical tanks are empty? Now, the answer to these questions carries significant implications that can determine how and when we schedule meetings, how and when we do creative thinking, schedule staff meetings, return phone calls, even when we check email. So Pink shares that we all, every one of us, have a daily peak, a trough, and then a rebound when it comes to our energy, motivation, momentum, and happiness. For example, we possess noticeably higher levels of energy in the morning hours, peaking right before lunch. So he said about between 9 and about 11.30, 11.45 a.m. is when we have the highest level of motivation, energy, happiness, discipline, momentum. No surprise, right? And when we experience the trough in the afternoon, when our energy and motivation wane significantly, we feel it. If you've been to a conference, you know that post-lunch coma that sets in when you're trying to sit through a session. You can hardly keep your eyes open. It makes sense, of course, why Latin American cultures embrace an afternoon siesta, because they know their circadian rhythm says this is in the trough. This is when it would be good for us to take a break, since we're sluggish. Pink shares that British researchers sought to identify the exact time when people's energy bottoms out in an average day. And now catch this. They found that the, the time of the day where a worker feels most depleted is 2.55 p.m. 2.55 p.m. Now, the next time you yawn or you notice your energy lagging or you just say, man, I need some coffee or I can hardly keep my eyes open, look at the clock. It's eerie. You're probably, it's probably going to be within 10 minutes before or after 2.55 p.m. I've done it many times, and it's creepy how accurate it is. Now, then in late afternoon and early evening, Pink says that we rebound to find more energy and motivation, usually somewhere between 4 and 6 p.m. Now, think about what do bars call that time of the day? What specials do they run? They call it what? Happy hour. This isn't a coincidence because that's when our energy is rebounding. We're glad to see everybody. And then we slide back to a low energy level as it gets later until we eventually slide into bed. Now, this awareness of our circadian rhythm as leaders can help us. It's helped me think carefully about what scheduling looks like in leadership. Now, if you're a teacher, you probably don't have a lot of flexibility as to when and how your day is. The school district or your principal has probably already derived that for you. Other jobs as well. But if you're a leader that's got some flexibility in your schedule, I want you to think about how and when you do things and to consider changing things up to be more strategic. If you want to think resiliently, think strategically about how you schedule your day, not just what you do, but when in the day and when in the week you do it. So for example, mornings often set the tone for the day. So arriving at the office or on Zoom in mornings, it may be the best time for preparing to give a presentation to hold staff meetings, or even to hold difficult conversations with people where we can meet people who are climbing toward their peak of their circadian rhythm as well, when they're most engaged and most present. When I record podcasts, I do that in the morning. When I'm prepping to speak somewhere or to teach somewhere, I'm always doing my deep thinking in the morning before lunchtime. 
Now, afternoons, when the post-lunch trough sets in, we can set aside time for responding to emails or working on logistical tasks that may not take a great deal of brain power. An afternoon meeting can easily be turned into a walking meeting if the weather is pleasant. But what do most of us do? We rush in and we check email. That we That's probably not the best investment of our time if we can be flexible with that. And so what does that mean? Push those emails to the afternoon and use your best thinking time for the morning. The late afternoon rebound can be a wonderful time to spend time with family, to be connecting with other life-giving friends, or even staff members. Maybe that's when you want to go for a run if you've got some flexibility. If you're still at work between four and six, that's a good time to have brainstorming meetings with your team, to think about the future, to think creatively and collaboratively. And as evening slips into night and our energy wanes once again, too many night meetings or activities or events can be unhealthy for us and make us sluggish. Sluggish. Pink also said it's important to schedule in breaks. For example, getting up every 45 minutes from your desk for a quick walk to the kitchen or to refill your water bottle may have some positive effects for you more than you might realize. And if you've listened to this podcast regularly, you know how important I believe walks are in our days. I don't just think about days. I want you to think about weeks. Think about seasons in the year. Seasons have peaks and troughs and rebounds as well. While intentionally aligning your schedule with your circadian rhythm, you will still be able to remember it's important that interruptions are a significant part of leadership. And so we need patience and flexibility. Those are our prerequisites to effective leadership, and we must embrace the interruptions. I, like many others, I'm tempted to jam as much as I can in a day and to stack meetings and appointments one on top of the other. And when I fall behind one meeting running long and dipping into another, I can become distracted and flustered and, and people can sense my irritability rising. When I realized this about myself, I began to schedule with more of an accordion approach with at least 15 minutes of breathing room between each meeting. This simple change has given me space and time to be more present. It's allowed me the permission to embrace the interruptions and to see them as invitations and opportunities, not fires always needing to be extinguished quickly. Now, expecting the interruptions has brought more of a tenderness and an awareness to my day rather than a rigid, let's just push through this kind of approach. So a breathable schedule allows me to see and embrace interruptions with a posture of receptivity rather than irritability. While we seek to be more disciplined in how we invest our time, we also need to extend compassion to ourselves and others. Structure is important, and I want you to be intentional about how you think about your day and your week, but flexibility is also important, and that's the whole point of resilience, isn't it? We won't always get it right, and that's okay, but above all else, leaders, let's simply be attempting to be good stewards of the limited resource of time God has entrusted to us. If we learn to steward the gifts of time and energy, not just how we do things, but when we do them, our leadership can be more fruitful and resilient, and we can be healthy for the long haul in our leadership in the days ahead. Annie Dillard, the author, she said, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. Take Dillard's words, and I might also ask how and when you lead your days is how and when you lead your life. Well, thanks for listening. I'm deeply grateful, as always, to my friend, Joel Lim Bowen, our amazing producer who produces all of the episodes of this podcast. His company, On a Limb Production, does great video and podcast work for organizations and leaders around the country. You can check out his great work at onalimbproductions.com. 
His information is also in the show notes. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning and learning. And remember to think strategically about how you do things, but more importantly, when you do things. It will help you to be more resilient. Have a great week.